everyone. Welcome to A Little Extroverted. I am your host, Priscilla Clark, and I am so thrilled and excited that you're joining us this week. If you didn't know, April is Autism Awareness Month, and as we wrap up the month of April, I wanted to make sure to use my platform to help bring awareness to this cause. According to the World Health Organization, 3.5 million Americans live with an autism spectrum disorder. This month aims to bring awareness to the autism spectrum. The more we learn about and understand individuals on the spectrum, the richer and more rewarding our relationships with them will become. For many people, autism is not something that comes around once a year. Some experience this disorder firsthand and others eagerly aim to understand and help this community as much as they can. My next guest saw a gap in her community that hadn't been met and decided to do something about it. Mariela Barrera is a behavioral analyst and a local business owner of Planet Sensory in McAllen, Texas. She's currently 26 years old and has been working with children for five years and started off as a speech therapist assistant and as a registered behavior technician. Her passions include working with children on the autism spectrum disorder, and in her free time, she enjoys going to the gym and spending time with friends, making memories together. So welcome, Mariela. How are you doing today? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, I'm more excited that you're here. You're like a celebrity and I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored to have you on my podcast. So for our listeners, here's a little backstory. Um, Mariela and I met in college, and although we had lots of mutual friends, I didn't necessarily get to meet her until we uh, both joined the same sorority. So we became sisters. So like now she's stuck with me forever. <laughs> and <laughs> and since then, I've seen her continue to aim and pursue her goals and reach them. And I'm just so honored that you have joined me today. Like, as you mentioned in your bio, you are a behavioral analyst and you created, you're the proud owner of Planet Sensory in McAllen, Texas. So um, what inspired this idea of starting your own business and specifically of Planet Sensory? So Planet Sensory um, was a business idea that I had um, that just kind of came up through my work and line as a therapist and working with children, specifically on the autism, autism uh, spectrum disorder. So I was noticing, you know, through um, coming in contact with parents and talking to them that there was this huge gap in being um, sensory friendly. So, you know, a lot of um, franchises and corporates, you know, they have a very fixed way of how they run their businesses. And, you know, um, children on the autism spectrum disorder, they um, might be um, noise sensitive. And you know what, it is so easy to just turn down the music a little bit, you know, and just do doing that one little detail makes such a difference. Um, and their emotional regulation. And I wanted to be able to provide a sensory friendly place where, you know, children can come in, play and, you know, just be overall accepted. No, thanks for sharing that. Uh, every, every child is different. And like you said, like their sensory awareness is different and varies. So it's really, it's really neat that you took that conversation you had and you made something from it that has impacted plenty of lives since you started your business in 2019. So what is autism awareness uh, for those that are listening and are not familiar with? And how can we be better allies just from your experience? 
So autism spectrum disorder is a neurological developmental disorder. Um, there's no cure for it. Um, it can be detected probably as early as 18 months in a child, but typically doctors like to wait a little bit more um, to be sure of their decision when diagnosing somebody with ASD. Um, so with the autism comes a spectrum, right? There's, there's not one single child that's the same as the other, which I find amazing and so fascinating because uh, each child I come into contact with is so different and unique and has their own um, personality. Um, so overall with you know April being um, Autism Awareness Month, a lot of it comes with um, being good allies by doing the acceptance part of it. So the awareness is getting out, people are get, getting educated and that's great. And so now the next step is to um, go to the acceptance side of it, you know, um, start um, inviting uh, people over, um, you know, it's very hard for parents who have um, children, um, you know, other children and then one on the autism spectrum disorder, they tend to kind of um, start rejecting um, social gatherings and kind of just want to stay home due to the fear um, of, you know, their child having uh, a meltdown or sensory um, dysregulation. And so with that acceptance part of just, you know, letting them know that it's okay, they can have a, a little quiet time, some a room where they can calm down in and just putting that extra effort into letting them know that they're accepted, um, no matter what the situation may be. I wanted to ask you, since you did mention in your bio that you're a behavioral analyst, like what drove you into that career? Like what, when did you know that that's what you wanted to pursue? So I would love to say, oh my gosh, I knew when I was five years old, but in reality, I didn't. <laughs> um, it kind of came um, through um, through my experience because uh, I did my bachelor's degree and in uh, communication disorders, uh, which led me to get my license as a speech therapist assistant. Um, so through that line of work, I got to come in contact with kids with autism. And then I ran into um, the job opportunity to be a, a behavior technician, which is essentially to work with just that population. And I went ahead and I took the, the position and through my work there, I just, my passion, my drive, you know, just kept escalating. And I was like, I started off um, in my undergrad being scared of working with someone on the autism spectrum disorder because my professors you know, made it um, seem like it was super difficult. They're rigid. You can't change their schedule or routine because they'll freak out. So they kind of just instilled that fear in me of like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do whenever I have to work with um, someone on the spectrum? And I just kind of threw myself in there and that became my entire population. Like each child um, that I would do therapy with was on the autism spectrum disorder and, you know, my passion was there. I wasn't scared. I loved it. And that's when I decided to take um, the next step and apply for my master's degree um, in applied behavior analysis. Um, I got it done in a year and a half and I took my board exam and I became a certified behavior analyst. That's incredible. And also the fact that that's kind of like your day job. And then you also on the side do this whole other business. Um, where you still interact with children in that population. So um, that's just 
very, I mean, you're, you're basically wearing multiple superhero hats <laughs> from my point of view. Um, so how, do, what do you think has been the most challenging part of juggling everything? Um, so it's definitely hard, um, you know, with the becoming a full-time behavior analyst, you know, I have my full-time job at a clinic Monday through Friday, and I went ahead and took a huge leap and said, you know what, I'm going to go through with opening Planet Sensory. And I did it in such a sensitive time in the world right now, because I signed my lease to open Planet Sensory in February and COVID hit in March. So to, you know, stay closed during the pandemic while everything, all, all of this was going on was extremely difficult, but I wasn't going to give up on my dream. You know, I wanted to create the safe space to be sensory friendly and all inclusive. Um, so I pushed through the pandemic and I got Planet Sensory open. So now with being a full-time behavior analyst on Planet Sensory, I work seven days a week. You know, it's hard, but... I just prioritize my time. Um, you know, I try to t time manage as, as best I, as I can. And every now and then I'll have a, a few couple hours free and that's when I'll join my, my friends on, on my free time, which is rare, but you know, everyone's really understanding that they know I have my full-time job plus Planet Sensory going on. Um, so luckily everybody's pretty understanding of my busy schedule. <laughs> well, that's good. That's how you know you have good friends when they're supportive and they, uh, you know, like they understand the things that you're juggling and they, they're there for you when times get a little stressful. Um, so I'm glad that you bring up the pandemic because I actually was gonna, going to ask you, like, how did you deal through that specifically because health, you're a health professional like did you have to go into your job every single day were you able to like step back and do like virtual visits for your patients and then while that was happening like how did you deal with I know you mentioned like your lease was signed and you had to close for almost the a full year so what what kind of projects did you decide to do with that to like keep it keep the ball rolling and the momentum going so due to the pandemic, um, we did have to close the therapy clinic that I work at um, for about two months. And that was very tough just because like I worried. I was like, those kids are basically like my kids. I was like, how are they doing at home? Are they okay? Like what activity do the parents have them do? Like, um, are they getting bored? You know, they're out of their routine. You know, they're not used to like waking up and then going out of the house somewhere and they're Kind of stuck at home and so um, I had a, a lot of those thoughts in the back of my mind um, but I decided to kind of use the the pandemic and the shutdown in a more positive way and so I started um, business planning more okay what's going to be my next move um, as far as you know um, social media and putting my name out there and you know getting people to know that Planet Sensory um, is coming, is going to be a great facility for children to come and play with, to, you know, increase their social interactions or social skills, and just have, have overall fun here. Um, so I, I used that time to really um, put more thought into Planet Sensory, what I wanted to do with it, how I wanted to market the company, um, what uh, kind of equipment I wanted to, to have in here, um, and just overall, like, the the, the end goal that I had for, for Planet Sensory. So the shutdown kind of gave me that um, time frame to go ahead and start thinking more of the business. Um, and luckily we were able to um, return back to the clinic once um, 
the, the first wave was, was lifted, um, but I still couldn't open Planet Sensory until August when Texas, you know, was a little bit more to the full capacity of other businesses um, opening up. That's when I was able to, to open up. Um, and yeah, it was, it was tough. And, you know, I, I had a, a lot of discouraging moments as well. You know, people telling me that, hey, maybe this isn't a good time to open the business. Maybe you should wait a year or two. Um, you know, nobody knows when COVID is really going to be a thing of the past. Um, and, you know, those things did affect me. It did, you know, get me thinking. But in the end, my passion and my goals were there. And I was like, if the landlord is willing to work with me, I got this. I'm just going to keep pushing through. And luckily, business is now picking up again. Well, that's awesome. That's good news to hear. I know, like, that must have been difficult. Um, I mean, I don't even know when this is going to end. It feels like we've been here for like two million years, honestly. But I'm so <laughs> proud of you for, you know, keep keeping moving on and like just keep moving forward and pushing through. And, you know, like I, I, I hear great things about Planet Sensory. And I, even though I haven't been there personally, because I probably I'm not allowed in there by myself <laughs> without a child. <laughs> If somebody let me borrow their child. I could go visit. <laughs> but um. But basically, like, it's just so awesome to see that, you know, like, even the community appreciates this kind of space, and they're being very supportive and, you know, coming back and, uh, and actually uh, visiting, which is awesome, because your business hopefully will start driving up, the more people get vaccinated, and, uh, and, you know, we continue moving forward. So that's, that's incredible. Um, could you share with our listeners for those are, that are not familiar with Planet Sensory? I know you mentioned it briefly earlier, but like what kind of things you offer um, and what is available to the children in McAllen, Texas? Of course. So um, Planet Sensory, um, we have open play, which is where you share the facility with other guests. Um, and we also have private play sessions for those who don't feel quite as comfortable with sharing the facility with other guests. Um, and we host birthday parties as well. Um, so in your play sessions while you're here, um, we have a rock climbing wall with a tunnel. Um, we have climbing structures, a crash pad, a ball pit, a foam pit. Um, we have two different types of swings. Um, one is like a platform and the other one's like a pod. Um, we have gliders and slides. Like it is truly, one of a kind for the kiddos down here in the Rio Grande Valley in McAllen. Um, they have a ton of fun. We do have a, a gated um, baby area um, for the smaller ones. And one of my favorite features that I added into the facility um, is a dark calming room. And so that room is um, a little bit separated from the main play area. We have the lights off with a star projector, um, and kind of like some LED lights going on. And we typically play uh, rain sounds or white noise um, to really give that um, space for those who might need, um, you know, to, to a room just to go calm down, um, you know, regulate their emotions. And um, it, it was, it's literally been one of my, my favorite features. And when it's being in use, I'm, I, I love it. Like, I love to see it. Um, that they're able to, you know, have that little safe space while still being out in the community. I love that because it's just like, this is like a vision you had in your head 
And so like, then you went and implemented it and then to see it in action and seeing like people actually like enjoying those spaces, that must be incredible, like an incredible feeling. That's, that's awesome. I could see it in your smile. Like you're like very proud of it. So like, sounds super fun and awesome. So I encourage anybody who is in the Valley to go check it out. Um, I, I mean, I'm not in the Valley and I'm not a child, but I could become a child because I wish there was places like that when I was growing up, like that'd be like really an incredible space to you know like visit and just feel like you can still play but get away with it and so that's that's awesome um so I wanted to ask you I mean you're you've you have an incredible background from like you know you've studied you got your bachelor's you got your master's you're open your own business but what is the one thing that you're most proud like your most proud accomplishment um, I would have definitely have to say um, opening the business, you know, that's not something very typical, you know, I, my, my thought process on life was um, very different. Like I told myself, okay, if you're going to go for the business, you're going to get a business, then later your own house, and then a car, like, and a really? lot of people have, <laughs> like their priorities flipped around. They're like, okay, I have a nice paying job. Like I'm going to go get a car. Okay. You know, let me think of getting myself a house. And a lot of people also just stop there. Um, and so I think, you know, really taking um, that leap of faith and just going for it has really been one of the most extreme things that I've done, but I'm also very proud of it. Yeah, no, that's incredible. That's so true. Everybody's kind of on a linear path that you were like, no, excuse me. I'm going to do this first <laughs> before I do all this. So I love that. Like, um, you're your own person. You're very, you're your authentic self and you always bring that to work and to your business. And so, uh, you'll just see a flourish. I, I, I was like, I believe in you. I'm so proud of you. Like, thanks for sharing that. Um, so <laughs> if you could go back in time, like to when you were younger, um, would you choose to change anything? And if so, what would it be? So I have thought about this before and truly, I don't think I would change anything. I think the fact that my professors, you know, scared me to work with the autism spectrum disorder population just ended up making my passion and drive thrive from that. Um, so I wouldn't go back and tell myself like, Hey, don't worry about it. You're going to love it. Like, it's going to be great. Cause I feel like everything I went through in life just put me in the path that I was supposed to be on, um, to become a behavior analyst and to open up planet sensory. Um, so most definitely, I don't think I would change anything major. Is there any advice that you would give to yourself? Like, um, probably, <laughs> you know, take the, the word of a pandemic hitting more seriously, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, hearing all the things in the, in the news of, you know, of the COVID coming up and I was just like, eh, it's okay. I'm still going to open a business. You know, <laughs> I, that would be probably the only thing I would uh, change and advise myself like, Hey, maybe hold off on signing a lease. Um, and just wait a, you know, a year to go ahead and open Planet Sensory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that caught us all by surprise. So it's not definitely not your fault. But looking back is probably like something that you're like, man, I should have just waited a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, thanks for for being open and honest with us <laughs> about that. <laughs> I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, so, so you you mentioned that you do lots of things and your friends understand that 
you know, you're busy. And so when you get a chance, you go and hang out with them. But most of the time you're busy. So how do you find like work-life balance when it comes to like your personal well-being? So for sure, um, my mental mental um, state and health is super important to me. You know, if I can't go to work, if I have a million things running through my mind, if I'm, you know, feeling anxious, um, I, I'm just not there. And so if I'm not there for the kiddos, then I feel like I'm not doing my job. So for sure, my mental health um, definitely um, is a top priority for me. Um, I tend to release a lot of stress by going to the gym. Um, you know, I threw out the door of thinking I could get eight hours of sleep every day. I, <laughs> I can't do that, you know, and I just came to accept it. I'm like, eh, anywhere from six to seven is great. It's a huge win. We'll take it. Um, so for sure, just kind of understanding that, like, I'm not going to get eight hours of sleep, but it's okay. Um, you know, release endorphins at the gym, do my full work day. Um, and then, you know, kind of after that prioritize, um, any extra special things that I'd want to get done, like my nails or, you know, my hair and stuff like that. Um, but more than anything, I, I do um, love making the time to, you know, get together with my friends, make memories with them. And um, through all of that, you know, that's how I got such great friends, you know, that they're very supportive of me. If I can't go out, they bring their kids to Planet Sensory and we hang out <laughs> I here. Love that. Um, so, you know, there's always just, there's always a way, you know, and when it's something that you really want to get done, you do make time for it. Um, so that's kind of just how I balance everything. No, that's perfect. That's an awesome, like you see, you have the best friends, like they're very supportive and they're like, okay, you can't come to us. We come to you and, you know, and, and support your business. So that's like a double yeah. whammy right there. <laughs> like we'll see you and support you. Love it. Um, so in your, you've, have a lot of experience so what kind of advice do you give to someone who's wanting to start their business or pursue a degree that that like behavior analyst so for those who are thinking about becoming a behavior analyst I would definitely definitely recommend um, looking into um, becoming a registered behavior technician um, so that's kind of like your entry into the field into working with the population um, and it doesn't require um, a bachelor's degree. You actually just need a high school diploma for that. You complete a 40 hour course online and you take a, a proctored exam. Um, and then when you pass that, you become a registered behavior technician. And so, you know, with that license, you, get, you will get to work at either like a clinical setting, such as what I'm doing right now. Um, and you'll get to experience and get a, a feel for what it is and what it takes to work with um, children on, on, on the autism spectrum disorder. Um, Cause it's truly not easy and it's not for everyone. And that's okay, you know what I mean? But yeah. for sure before throwing yourself into a whole master's degree where you're paying money <laughs> for that and then coming, graduating and then being like, oh, I don't think this is for me, you know what I mean? So for sure, definitely um, go get out there and get that um, experience to work with the population and kind of in the and within the field. Um, that way, you can really make um, a decision if being a behavior analyst is what you want to go for. Um, and as far as being a business owner, just do it. You know what I mean. Um, gather um, as much um, any like basically 
uh, information that you need to get, start Googling, um, ask any friends of friends. There's, you know, um, there's so many resources online that can help you. TikTok now is a huge yes. thing for <laughs> hacks and tips and tricks and everything. Um, and they definitely have a great, a lot of great advice on there too. Um, so the information's out there, right? So it's just up to you, your motivation and your determination to open up the business um, that will really get you there. You know, somebody can think, yeah, I want to open up the business, but if you're not putting in the work towards it, it's not going to happen. No, that's really good that you uh, say that because um, like some people are like, oh, I wish I could, you know, be certified in like 10 things. And it's like, well, you can, if you just like set your, like your mind up and we like, there's free there's YouTube, there's TikTok, there's like free ways to learn. Like you don't have to pay for this information and then just go and take the certifications and you become certified in a specific thing. Like the information is out there. It's just how much like willingness to (laughs) sit down and actually do it, you know? Yeah. And also going back to like your advice about being a behavior analyst, like it's so true because a lot of times, like, I mean, personally, I switch majors like five times. um in college and that was like looking back on it I'm like I could have saved so much time I could have graduated early if I wanted like if I knew what I wanted to do so it's really nice if they go through that route that you're saying they get a glimpse of what it is like and then they can decide this is really what I want to do or nope I will waste my time like or end money going for a master's you know and it's not something that I want to do so that's great advice thank you for for giving us that um and for for whoever is listening um know that like basically the world is out there now that we have the internet the world is within our reach like you just have to go and grab it for yourself since you're a little extroverted I wanted to ask you what is the most extra thing you've ever done um, I definitely feel like um, as my role on the behavior analyst at the clinic, I am very um, extra with the parents that I work with. So my job is not just at the clinic. If they're having a tough time with car rides, with going to the grocery store, I'll be there. I will <laughs> wake up at six in the morning, go show up at your house to have a drive with you um, and your child to make sure that you know, all the skills and everything that they're learning at the clinic gets transferred um, to their home and into the community. Um, so I, I feel like that's the very extra thing that I do at work. Like I, I will make it happen to where, you know, something's going on outside of the clinic. I'm going to do my best to try and help them out. No way. That's incredible. That's wow. I'm, I'm really impressed. Like I'm, I'm a hundred percent, a million percent sure the parents appreciate that because it's just transferable skills and like you show them how to apply them into real world scenarios. That's, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm so proud of you. Look at, look at you. That's incredible. <laughs> that's like the you. best extra thing I've ever heard in my pod, my podcast. <laughs> All right. So we've reached out our my favorite segment, that extra segment. And what we do here is uh, for those of you that are listening for the first time, um, I'm going to spin a wheel and it's going to land in a mystery item. And then Mariela is going to have to do it. Whatever it lands, she's going to be as surprised as you because she has no idea what's on this wheel. And neither do I because I have chicken scribbles all over it. So I guess I will have to decipher it. So let's give it a spin. Oh, the true or false. And it's like a speed round. So um, 
what's going to happen is I'm going to just say a bunch of statements um, and you're just going to say true or false, whether you believe it's true or false. There's no right or wrong answers. I mean, there is right or wrong answers, but I'm not grading you. So it doesn't matter if you get it wrong. Like, it's fine. Um, so I'm going to read six statements regarding um, autism. So number one, ASD affects about one in 68 children. True. That is true. <laughs> um, all right. Number two, ASD is about four times more likely in boys than in girls. Very true. I see it at the clinic that I work at. Really? First time. Yes. That is correct. Um, so ASD, number three, ASD affects children of all racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic groups. That is true. Yep, that is true. Um, number four, ASD is a spectrum disorder, which means that every child with ASD has different skills, challenges, and needs. Yes, for sure. True. True. <laughs> um, it is. <laughs> You're right. Uh, number five. Well, we do not know all the causes of ASD. We have learned that there are likely many contributing factors, including genes, early brain development, and the environment. True. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, I feel like I was like being tricky, but you got you're getting them all right, which is um leads us to our last one. Number six, there is no cure for ASD, but there are several interventions that can help children learn important skills and improve everyday life. Yes, through applied behavior analysis. Visit your local behavior analyst. Yes. <laughs> You see, bam, um, I, all of these statements are true. And um, if you want to learn more, there's resources out there on the internet that share links and videos of how to, you know, le uh, learn more about ASD and the spectrum. All right. Thanks for participating. I appreciate it. I love how confident you are in your answers because they're all true. And But you were like, yep, that's true. Oh, yep. I deal with this at the clinic. I know exactly yeah. firsthand. <laughs> I was really shocked that yeah. boys are more likely to have be on the a spectrum disorder than girls. Yeah. And I, I see it. We, we have we do have a lot of boys at the clinic. And, um, you know, coming along with all of that, I've realized like early, not that I've also realized that I've seen it firsthand and I also studied this, you know, my master's degree, but early intervention is key. Um, so, you know, for those uh, parents who are, you know, kind of thinking that they're seeing some signs, you know, I definitely recommend um, visiting um, their pediatrician so they can go ahead and get recommended to a neurologist or somebody that can go ahead and, you know, do an evaluation and go ahead and tell them, you know, if their child is on the autism spectrum disorder or not. Um, just because when you find out uh, that time is, is critical, right? So you wanna go ahead and get help um, by visiting, um, you know, your, your local um, behavior analyst, which you can also look up online. Um, it'll go ahead and tell you uh, what behavior analysts are actually in your city, which is amazing. Um, and so once you, you, you do that, you'll, you have someone on your side, right? Someone who's going to help guide you, who's going to help your child. And our end goal as behavior analysts is like, we want to get your child to be as independent as possible to continue, you know, learning and growing and, 
you know, if we can make life easier for you and, you know, little aspects of them learning, um, you know, potty training, brushing their teeth, you know, staying close to you at a grocery store, um, you know, that's what we're there for, we're there to help. Um, there is a lot of myths and misconceptions that come along with autism um, that I think comes uh, um, and needs to be brought up, especially, you know, year round, but especially with autism being uh, April being Autism Awareness Month, um, you know, get to know the, the myths too, like learn the facts, but know the myths as well, you know, myths. Um, include that um, people on the on with ASD are not loving or don't show emotion. You know that's false. Like I have a range of kids at the clinic that I work with that um, do show a lot of emotions and are caring and are affectionate. You know, other myths is that like oh if um, you know if they have autism they can't talk. They are nonverbal. Well, that's not true either. You know, you have some who are non nonverbal, but you have some that speak in sentences and can communicate super well. Um, another one could be that they um, don't like being um, touched or don't have a sense of humor, which is also false, you know. Um, so with that in mind, just kind of learn the facts, but also um, learn, learn about the myths so that you can go ahead and break down um, the misconceptions that are out there on the autism spectrum disorder. I appreciate you sharing that because um, there's a lot of myths out there that people are just like, uh, they don't take the time to educate themselves. And they're kind of like, no, that's ex like vaccines cause like autism, like this causes autism. And it's just like, well, there's lots of factors that might contribute, but like, you, we don't know, like, it's still, still being studied. Um, like, like I mentioned, like, um, it, it might be genetic, it could be include like brain development, or like the environment that they're in. So it's just like, we don't really know where it comes from. But being educated and just going out there and like reading more on it, uh, can help create and foster uh, an environment where, like I mentioned earlier, like when I was asking, like, how could we be better allies? Like you could be better ally by going and educating yourself and, and learning about what's a fact and what's a myth um, and just try to understand um, this community better. So thank you so much. I appreciate you just sharing your knowledge with us regarding this specific um community um so finally it's always good to pay it forward and give some extra love to the wonderful organizations out there who are working extremely hard to support our communities i asked mariela to submit an organization that she believes in and she chose bevel's angels i chose bevel's angels because um you know i've got to to meet the people on that board and they're amazing and you know just the the drive that they have and the purpose and mission of that nonprofit is to you know spread um autism awareness and acceptance and one of the main things that, that i love that they do is i think about twice a month they have um support groups for parents and for family members um you know who who might have um you know, our relatives of somebody on the autism spectrum disorder, um, because it, you know, sometimes it, it gets rough and, you know, sometimes um, you have the people in denial and then the, the, you know, some, some grief comes along and the what's next, the, what am I going to do now? Um, so I love, absolutely love that they have those support groups, um, you know, where people can get together 
um, you know, and, and trust that, you know, everybody in that room is very accepting, understanding, and, you know, just there to show their support um, and, you know, share the resources there, you know, they have a lot of great resources um, that they could guide you towards. So that's most definitely one of the reasons why I picked them. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. I had no idea they, they existed. So this really, like, I appreciate you bringing the awareness uh, to me and our listeners. And then hopefully y'all, whoever's listening, go check them out. And if you know someone who might be able to, you know, use these resources for themselves, like share that with them, um, have them reach out and like learn more about him. So thanks for sharing that. Um, so do you have any final words of wisdom that you can share with our listeners? Um, just overall, be kind, you know, you just never know uh, what someone is going through. And at times you might think um, the autism spectrum dis disorder is very transparent and you'll be able to identify it. But the truth is you can't, you can look at a person and you might not even know that they're diagnosed with um, ASD. And so just to overall be kind um, is, is one of the, the main keys that I want to leave off on just because you just really never know. And being kind can make all the difference. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. Um, it's been an incredible time having you on my podcast. We've learned so much about autism and the autism spectrum and the resources out there for those that want to learn more or know someone who might be able to use these resources. Um, so I appreciate your time and I wish you nothing but the best um, as you know, we continue to navigate through this pandemic and your, your business will start like flourishing. Um, so I am so proud of everything that you've done. And I don't know if that means anything to you, but I just wanted to say it one more time. Like, I'm so proud of you. You've grown so much and just like learning about like the impact that you're having in your own community. That's changing lives and you don't even know how many lives you're probably changing. So thanks for what you're doing in your community, specifically for, for the for the autism community. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. And for the listeners, remember to follow your dreams. Things are within reach if you just have, you know, the courage to go out there and do things. Um, and I, like, always recommend that you live a little extroverted because it's fun and you just never know who you're going to meet. So um, have a great Monday and goodbye. <laughs>